Omnamonarayanaya, welcome back. We are on the next to the last chapter of Canto 1 of the Srimad Bhagavatam. Chapter 18, called Maharaja Parishit Cursed by a Brahmana Boy. Sudagaswami said, Due to the mercy of Lord Krishna, who acts wonderfully, Maharaja Parishit, though struck by the weapon of the son of Drona in the mother's tomb, could not be burned. Furthermore, Maharaja was always consciously surrendered to Lord Vishnu, and therefore he was neither afraid nor overwhelmed by fear due to a snake bird which was to bite him because of the fury of a Brahmana boy. Furthermore, after leaving all his associates, the king surrendered himself as a disciple to the son of Vyasya, and thus he was able to understand the actual position of Lord Vishnu, and at last gave up his material body on the bank of the Ganges. This was so because those who have dedicated their lives to the transcendental topics of Lord Vishnu, of whom the Vedic hymns sing, and who are constantly engaged in remembering the lotus feet of the Lord, do not run the risk of having misconceptions even at the last moment of their lives. As long as the great powerful son of Abhimanyu remains the emperor of the world, there is no chance that the personality of Kali will flourish. The very day and moment Lord Vishnu left this earth, the personality of Kali, who promotes all kinds of irreligious activities, came into the world. Maharaja was a realist, like the bees, who only accept the essence of a flower. He knew perfectly well that in the age of Kali, auspicious things could produce good effects immediately, whereas inauspicious acts must be actually performed to render effects. So he was never envious of Kali. Maharaja considered the less intelligent men might find the personality of Kali to be very powerful, but those who are self-controlled would have nothing to fear. The king was powerful like a tiger and took care for the foolish, careless persons. O oh, sages, as you did ask me, now I have described almost everything regarding the narration about Lord Krishna in connection with the history of the pious Maharaja Parikshit. Those who are desirous of achieving complete perfection in life must submissively hear all topics that are connected with the transcendental activities and qualities of Lord Vishnu, who acts wonderfully. The good sages said, Oh, grave Sutakaswami, may you live many years and have eternal fame, for you are speaking very nicely about the activities of Lord Krishna. This is just like nectar to mortal beings like us. We have just begun the performance of this fruitive activity, a sacrificial fire, without certainty of its result due to the many imperfections in our actions. Our bodies have become black from the smoke, but we are factually pleased by the nectar of the lotus feet of Lord Vishnu, Govinda, which you are distributing. The value of a moment's association with the devotee of the Lord cannot even be compared to the attainment of heavenly planets or liberation from matter, and what to speak of worldly benedictions in the form of material prosperity, which are for those who are meant for death. Lord Krishna Govinda is the exclusive shelter for all great living beings, and his transcendental attributes cannot even be measured by such masters of mystic powers as Lord Shiva and Lord Brahma. Can anyone who is expert in relishing nectar ever be fully satiated by hearing topics about him? 
Asutaka Swami, you are a learned and pure devotee of the Lord, because Lord Vishnu is your chief object of service. Therefore, please describe to us the pastimes of the Lord, which are above all material conception, for we are anxious to receive such messages. Asuta Goswami, please describe those topics of the Lord by which Maharaja, whose intelligence was fixed on liberation, attained the lotus feet of the Lord, who is the shelter of Garuda, the king of birds. Those topics were vibrated by the son of Vasya. Thus, please narrate to us the, the narrations of the unlimited, for they are purifying and supreme. They were spoken to Maharaja, and they are very dear to the pure devotees, being full of bhakti-yoga. Sutta Swami said, O God, although we are born in a mixed caste, we are still promoted in birthright simply by serving and following the great who are advanced in knowledge. Even by conversing with such great souls, one cannot without delay cleanse oneself of all disqualifications resulting from lower births. And what to speak of those who are under direction of the great devotees chanting the holy name of the unlimited, who has unlimited potency? Lord Vishnu, unlimited in potency and transcendental by attributes, is called Anatta, the unlimited. It is now a certain that he is unlimited, and there is none equal to him. Consequently, no one can speak of him adequately. Great demigods cannot obtain the favor of Gordas, the goddess of fortune even by prayers, but this very goddess renders service unto the Lord, although he is unwilling to have such service. Who can be worthy of the name of the Supreme Lord? But Lord Vishnu, Maharaji, collected the water emanating from the nails of his feet in order to award it to Lord Shiva as a worshipful welcome. This very water, the Ganges, is purifying the whole universe, including Lord Shiva. Self-controlled persons who are attached to the Supreme Sri Krishna can all of a sudden give up the world of material attachment, including the gross body and subtle mind, and go away to attain the highest perfection of the renounced order of life, by which non-violence and renunciation are consequential. Ah, Rishis, who are as powerfully pure as the sun, I shall try to describe to you the transcendental pastimes of Vishnu as far as my knowledge is concerned, as the birds fly in the skies far as their capacity allows. So to do the learned devotees describe the Lord as far as their realization allows. I'm actually going to pause here. This is kind of a longer chapter. And um, we'll just pick it up in the next video. I was reminded while reading this a story I read about Srila Prabhupada, who, when he came to America, he came on this boat and he actually had a heart attack or something on the way. And he spoke afterwards that, you know, he was all alone and, you know, nothing. He just came, arrived here. He wasn't feeling good. He had no money. He had no friend. He had nothing. He had uh, someone to put, to put him up in a place to live, but it wasn't much and it didn't last for long. And, but he, he said, I had Krishna. I had Krishna. I had Krishna. I had Krishna. I had, I had my friend. I had my greatest of friend. And that he kept me going because I truly was never alone. It was that dedication to Krishna, as we read of Krishna here, that I think is what attracted many folks to Srila Prabhupada in the very, very beginning of his time when he first came here. That that dedication is something that meant he was never alone. 
also it was his, his simplicity and his openness and his scholarly and discussing something different that also helped. But I know for me, reading, reading a biography of him, it was revealing that things were, uh, it was just all focused on Krishna. Anyways, that's what this chapter says. And um, we'll pick this up in the next, next video. Harry Krishna, Harry Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Harry, Harry, Harry Rama, Harry Rama, Rama Rama, Harry, Harry.